This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross at managing editor, fightful.com, fightfulmma.com. Head over, check us out. We've got all your MMA news, podcasts, photos, videos. You know the drill. We have a lot of extra bonus content over at fightfulselect.com if you'd like to support us in that way. But hey, the best way to do that, fightfulmma.com. Click that exclusives tab. You will see lots of interviews from the man I am joined by tonight, one James Lynch. James, how are you? I'm doing well, man. What a great card that was. A little late, but uh, you know, nonetheless, it was uh, it was it was very uh, good to watch some high level talent there. And what about the Moose, man? He came through. Yeah, but besides the pace of this show, I think this is a very good show. I thought it was a lot of fun. Uh, I'm not going to pretend like I am a, a huge proponent of the Lima Koreshkov fight, but my God, you know what? Altogether, this was a good show. It was a nice first effort for DAZN. James, how be honest? How, what did you think the name of the network was the first time you saw it? Uh, Danzin or Dazin? I don't know, something like that, or Mac Danzig. I'm not sure. I called it Dazin. Dazin. I thought yeah. it was Dazin. Somebody said it could be the Asian. I don't yeah. think so. Uh, on the prelims of this Bellator 206 show, show that we're about to talk about, uh, mainly the the only two fights really worth mentioning. Adam Piccolotti picked up his. Uh, Picked up a win, his second in a row after dropping two in a row. He was a guy who was uh, undefeated just a couple of years ago, has bounced back. And then you have Arlene Blenkow, who is she, – she's been around Bellator for a while. She took uh, a bit of 2017 off, but uh, after losing her title fight last year, she has uh, kind of gotten back to form one of the slam tonight. So uh, those are maybe a couple names worth watching. But this show as a whole, what did you think, James? I mean, I agree with you. Other than the pacing, I thought the show was really well done. Uh, you know, the prelims were pretty good. I mean, I'll admit a few of them I, I might have skipped over, but the you know the Amber Librock and uh, Blanco fight was was interesting. You always like seeing a finish in women's fights. Uh, the Piccolotti Terry fight was great. A lot of history there going into that one. Of course, Terry used to train at AKA. That's where uh, Piccolotti trains now. Piccolotti's a good prospect for them, man. I don't know why this fight was not on the main card. I think they wanted to push Kerry Melendez and, uh, you know, that Gaston Blanos guy yeah. as well. So, um, you know, it's, it's a shame that they didn't get the spotlight on this one because Piccolotti, I think, is, is quite the talent. But 
prelims were, you know, what you expect. Just a lot of local talent. Too many fights, though, I think. They, they got to cut back on those. I don't know why there were so many. Um, get that going a little bit earlier. But th- that's pretty much it. I mean, Piccolotti did what he did. I, I don't think anyone was surprised to see him get a decision over James Terry, who, you know, Terry's looked good, but, you know, you got to beat prospects like this. And uh, Piccolotti just proved that he's, uh, you know, a solid guy in, in either the welterweight or lightweight division. If anybody ever watches the Fightful MMA podcast, Tuesdays, 2 p.m. Eastern, FightfulMMA.com, podcast platforms everywhere. I often talked really over the last two years about how despite Bellator's depth that they have, and they have enough to put on decent shows for all the cards that they have. You were you would see a lot of shows, quite frankly, as recently as the last one. I mean, I like Lovato and I like AJ McKee. I, I like Patricky Pitbull just fine. Nobody knows who the hell they are. Nobody besides people that are covering the sport. That's not the type of show they need to put on. Tonight was the type of show they needed to put on. They had a real attraction at the top, a super fight in Musashi versus McDonald. You had a couple of legends, Rampage, Vanderlei. You had a a high-level tournament match in Lima and Koreshkov. You had a prospect in Aaron Pico. And you're going to see cards that Bellator puts on that are a little closer to this. Uh, Next, or not next week, on the 12th, they have Mitrione Bader. Nelson and Haritanov, Kimbo Slice's son. Then you have Lorenz Larkin and Eric Silva. That's a decent show, in my opinion. Then you have Fedor Sonnen. You have Shlomenko and Talkov. You have Henderson and Syed Awad, Czech Congo, Tim Johnson. All the way through, really, uh, the end of the year, I think they've got some decent shows. And this was a nice way to kick that off. And like I mentioned, uh, James, as a site that covers pro wrestling, MMA, and boxing, after wrestling really having the attention all year, I can tell you that has fallen off of a cliff since uh, the beginning of September. And MMA and boxing are really reemerging. And you've got a lot of great stuff. You got John Jones back. You've got good Bellator shows. You got Chuck Liddell and Tito Ortiz fighting this year. Conor McGregor's back. Nate Diaz is back. Lots of stuff. Uh, and that's just scratching the surface. You got Wilder and Fury maybe fighting. You got Pacquiao and Mayweather maybe fighting. They're, they're really picking up uh, things, and, and combat sports is, is taking center stage. And tonight, Bellator did. As you mentioned, Gaston Bellanos uh, t- uh, w- got a win over Gutierrez, uh, opening up the night. Second round, TKO. Kerry Melendez also defeated Dakota Zimmerman. Melendez was very lucky that, that things didn't end up worse for her in that first round, I thought, because whether it be from the elbows from the bottom from uh, Zimmerman, the, the triangle, the armbar, the triangle armbar, like Melendez was able to persevere. How did you score this fight? I scored it for Melendez, but you're right. It wasn't a cakewalk. Like I think uh, Bellator was expecting here. Um, you know, uh, Zimmerman making her pro debut. Um, I think part of that too, is the weight cut. I mean, uh, Melendez fighting at strawweight for this matchup. I-, I don't really know the strategy there. Cause that's not really a division that Bellator is focusing on at this point. Uh, 125 is sort of, you know, their bread and butter and, and 145, I suppose as well too. Um, but yeah, Melendez pulls it off. I think that's all that matters. Um, you know, she has that last name. She has that name value. Who knows what they're going to do with her? I mean, she's uh, there's obviously a long history there with Gilbert Melendez and Scott Coker. So, uh, you know, I, I think it added a little bit of variety to the card, but I don't think this is the result they wanted. They, I mean, the result was what they got in terms of her winning, but sure. I think they were expecting more of a dominant performance. Well, I know a result that they sure as hell wanted. Aaron Pico. Oh, yeah. Winning his fourth straight fight. I've got a lot of praise to heap on Aaron Pico because – yeah, I've mentioned this on the podcast. Last year when Zach Freeman beat him, you were the only guy Freeman would talk to because you're the only guy that would talk to Freeman. And a lot of guys in Aaron Pico's position would have been like, you know what? 
MMA is not for me. I'm going to go coach wrestling somewhere, whatever, hang it up, not do it again. Not Aaron Pico. He was back in two months and he won. And then he was back in, uh, I think, three months and he beat a guy in Shane Crutchton who was a pretty, a lot of people don't know him. He, he's been around. He's a solid fighter. Then he came back like four months later, won a fight. And then, boy, they Leandro Higo competed for the Bellator uh, Championship. I mean, he is the amount of experience this guy has at 23 fights. It's not somebody that usually Bellator, you would think that they would throw in there. That's the, They're not bringing up a lot of their guys like this where they're like, hey, I know you got knocked out 14 months ago, Aaron. So we're going to put you in there against a former title challenger. But it was, he did it. Yeah, I was going to say, sorry to interrupt you there. It, it was it was very impressive to see what he did here. I, I think, uh, you know, the, I, I predicted that the odds would be in Pico's favor heading into this fight just because of the hype. But really, Leandro Higo, I mean, this is a legit guy. He's got wins over Steven Peterson, Terion Ware, both guys who were in the UFC. Well, Ware probably not at this point, but still very impressive wins. And he fought for the title twice, actually. He fought Dantes in his debut for the title, missed weight in that one, didn't end up being, he couldn't have won the title, but it was still for the title uh, before that. And then he fought Caldwell as well. Um, this was one of those uh, interesting, Interesting strategies by Bellator because, you know, Higo, very talented, but he has been very inconsistent in Bellator, and it paid off. Pico looked amazing. This fight, in my opinion, should have been stopped a little bit sooner, but nonetheless, Pico goes out there, gets another highlight reel finish. This is the best-case scenario, and here's the craziest thing, Sean. This kid is only 22 years old. The it's future psycho. is so bright. And he trains with AJ McKee. I mean, uh, if you want to look at a, a, one of the, you know, I've given Bellator a lot of crap about them not building up their prospects. They've done a fantastic job with AJ McKee, who got that highlight reel finish last week to his teammate, Aaron Pico, tonight. They got a few that are looking real good. Ed Ruth, looking real good. Tyro Fortune, looking real good. Aaron Pico, also looking real good. MVP is a guy that maybe they brought up too slow, but they, they at times, they, they can hit it big with these guys. Sometimes they wait too long, like in the case of MVP. But not Aaron Pico. If anything, I was surprised that they gave him a fighter of this caliber at this point of his career. And as you mentioned, not not just 22, James, a fresh 22. He just turned 22 last week. Yeah. So, and he's sitting here saying, in two or three years, nobody will be able to touch me. And I'm like, it's I'm I'm scared to think of where he'll be in two or three years because right now I'm looking at things and I'm like, do they give him a title fight? Right now, he debuted in MMA last year. He is 22, but they could, if they gave him a title fight next, I would go, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Why not? Well, here's the interesting thing, because him and McKee are in the same division, so yeah. I don't know how that's going to work out at some point. There, I mean, McKee's another guy who, I mean, he just beat uh, Muchapa or Teixeira or whatever his name is now. Um, and, uh, you know, th- that that was a guy as well who had some pretty notable fights as well. So, um, really, I think either of them are, are right up there. Um, you know, what do you do? Do you give him a Daniel Weichel at this point? I mean, really... It's tough to say, uh, you know, the, the Higo win certainly looks impressive. Now, we should mention Higo coming up from 35, so that yes. does play a little bit. You know, it's not like a, his regular division, but nonetheless, um, you know, I think, you know, a Pat Kern fight would be very interesting right now. I think mean, it's a good one. Uh, this division, I've, I've made a lot of the fact that it, it recycles an awful lot, and that's got to change. It's a lot like the UFC Bantamweight division. It's it's time to move on, and, you know, for better or for worse, it just looks like Daniel Strauss is just – who knows what his future in MMA will be, but it, it, we have we have to have something new. We got to have something something different. 
And uh, Aaron Pico is that something different, at least as of right now. And you have uh, Pitbull taking on Emmanuel Sanchez. So you, you never know how, how that will go from, from featherweight, featherweight on. But, man, there, there are so many good fighters. <laughs> so many good fighters that Bellator has, has either brought up or, or adopted, so to speak, and got a hold of before the UFC could. And now the UFC, I think with, with Tough taking a backseat to Dana White's Contender Series, some of these guys that maybe UFC is gun-shy on, they're not going to be as gun-shy to put them on, on a Dana White's Contender Series. But there, there are a lot of really good names uh, at featherweight right now. So, I mean, if, if he doesn't get a title shot, you know, that's fine. But I can imagine, it wouldn't surprise me if they were like, let's go on and do it. Although I think that might be a little too much for him. This was a great win. This was a big win for him. But there, there's enough in that top five where you don't have to, to shoehorn him into that situation. But man, he, he looks the part in the cage. And like I said, man, it, people, I don't think anybody really wrote him off after his Freeman loss necessarily. There was a lot of, hey, he's new. And maybe that, that definitely wasn't the right opponent for him, James. Zach Freeman had 10 fights. Yeah. And, and that's dangerous no matter what. So Aaron Pico delivering big time. And not only that, four first-round TKOs out of a freestyle wrestler. That's fantastic. That's good news. That's how that's you build good. a star. That, that's, yeah. absolutely, that's absolutely how you do it. You get a guy who does that, and then he's, he's well-spoken, and he's, he's got good people around him. Because not only does he train with AJ McKee at the body shop, he also is part of that super camp with TJ Dillashaw and Juan Archuleta and uh, you know, Jake Ellenberger. There, there's a lot of really good talent around him. He's basically doing everything right that he needs to do. And I think if Bellator is smart, which they are, they're, they're giving him the right fights now. And also that Freeman fight we should mention was at lightweight, so him finding the right division right now is a big thing too. I think just overall, they have a really... I mean, this is a guy now that people know from this card. I mean, assuming that you know people got the disown uh free free preview like i did and everyone else but uh you know it's one of those things where they can use him on a big card now because people he has enough highlights now that you could easily uh you know get people to tune in I, i'm intrigued for his next fight regardless of who it's against and i mentioned ed ruth he's another guy that just finishes people he's got one decision win and he's fought at like i think 192 195 he fought at like 189 in a catch weight 175 until he settled at welterweight now they have him in the tournament they have him in the title tournament. And Tyrell Fortune hasn't finished all of his fights. I think maybe maybe about half, a little bit more. So they're finding great success. Let me ask you, James, does DeZone have Peppa the Pig on the schedule? Yeah, what a, what a blunder. I mean, these UK fans, I feel for them. Not only do they have to watch MMA at like ridiculous times of the hour, but uh, they, they also, um, you know, they can't watch Bellator. And the one time they do, the main event's showing Peppa the Pig. What's going on? I mean, now, now listen, I got to explain something for, for people who don't know. That that is on. So that is not necessarily on Bellator. That's on the network. I worked. I've worked in television. That's on them. So I'm sure there's going to be some angry emails from the PR people at Bellator. But man, just I feel for these UK fans. They just can't get it right uh, for Bellator for whatever reason. You know, I'm not as sympathetic towards international fans right now because the morning of UFC 229. I got to wake up at 5 a.m. and cover WWE Super Showdown. So make sure you guys tune in. I'm doing a live post show right after that from Australia. They'll be from Australia, not me. But, uh, of course, we will be back for a UFC 229 post show podcast. James Lynch will be in town for that show. 
So make sure you all follow along with him as well. But this Bellator show kept on rolling. Douglas Lima defeated Andre Koreshkov. These two, I think, have fought 13 rounds overall. Douglas Lima got it done, just just chipped away and chipped away and chipped away and apologized after the fight, saying that it wasn't quite as exciting as as he would have hoped. But given what happened to Rory McDonald later, this seemed to be a brilliant game plan. Yeah, it was. I mean, at, at the end of the day, you got the finish. I mean, that that's all you want on the resume. Uh, people weren't obviously uh, too happy with some of the grappling exchanges that took place or the holding against the cage. But uh, Lima got it done. This guy is, uh, you know, Chell Sonnen said it on the broadcast. I agree with him. This guy is one of the most underappreciated welterweight fighters around. Uh, you know, that fight with Rory could have gone either way. He's still a top fighter. Getting a finish looks good and, and you know, not taking barely any damage. I mean, that's going to help him in, in this tournament. And uh, who knows when Rory's going to be able to fight. I, it could be forever with that nose now. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens there. That's why they have those alternate boats for, uh, for Rory's nose. Yeah, the Amasov versus Larkin fight is, a, is an alternate fight and a damn good fight, too. Uh, Amasov being able to do what he did to Gerald Harris was very impressive. Uh, for Koreshkov... He has dropped two fights in the rubber match, and uh, he got put away in the fifth round. But you know, we mentioned Rory, and we'll talk more about Rory later, of course. But but Lima right now, how do, how do you put his odds in this tournament? I think they're very good. I think he is probably the best guy in this tournament outside of Rory. Now, it just depends on what type of shape we're going to see Rory in at this point. Um, that's what I love about tournaments. Anything can happen. But if I'm a betting man, I have to think Lima's the favorite here. I mean, he he went toe-to-toe with the champ. He's, he's given Rory his, his toughest test probably since he lost to Stephen Thompson in the UFC. Um, to me, this is this was a good win. I know it wasn't as flashy as people would have liked, but you get a finish over Andre Koreshkov, a guy who doesn't get finished much in his career, just three losses in his career total, two to Lima, one to Ben Askren. That's an impressive performance, in my opinion. Where does Koreshkov go from here? Because as you mentioned, he's been beaten twice by Lima, once by Askren forever ago. Who knows if Askren will ever fight again? But he is a former Bellator welterweight champion. He does have He does have a win over Lima, although it's just one. He has a win over Ben Henderson, a, a much over undersized Ben Henderson, but still looks good on the resume nonetheless. Where where does he go from here? Do you think they match him up with another person who loses in this tournament? Yeah, I think they're hope. I, I think they're going to give him someone that that he can get a highlight reel finish on because uh, this this, in my opinion, dropped his stock big time. I mean, he didn't look great in this fight. Uh, I think that uh, th- this was the type of performance that isn't going to make you want to come back. And the other thing we have to remember with Kreshkov too. You know, doesn't speak much English. He's not really the, the Spike T, or sorry, not Spike, the Paramount Network mold uh, that they sort of like in Bellator. So I, you would hope they're going to give him something else, or they might just give him someone to write out his contract because I know he's not been happy with the promotion. We'll see what happens. But uh, definitely uh, Kreshkov's stock went down tonight. Well, UFC would probably love to get a hold of him and really enhance their, their Russian talent. And Bellator used to be all on the Russian talent. We used to see... Just swarms. I I really they, they not not thought they were ahead of the curve. Yeah, uh, that has definitely changed. It's not the same anymore. You don't see Minikov, Ivanov, Volkov, Frodo Kospalayev. A lot of these guys who came from Europe and made Bellator their home anymore. That's just not Bellator's mo. They've got a different model now. Uh, the tournament format really benefited a lot of those guys. And even though this you know this is the tournament format. Uh, definitely didn't benefit Koreshkov tonight. The winner of this will face, uh, or Douglas Lima will face the winner of Paul Daly 
MVP. Who do you see emerging victorious in the MVP Paul Daly fight? That's a tough one, you know, because MVP, as good as he's looked, I mean, he's had some fights where he's been exposed a little bit. When he fought Fernando Gonzalez, I mean, he got the win, but that really wasn't a great fight. And, you know, he can, believe it or not, we can see a boring Michael Page fight like we saw in that fight with Gonzalez. Um, to me, I think, uh, I think right now, I think you have to favor Page in that fight against Daly. I mean, Daly does have that win over Lorenz Larkin, which looks great on the resume, but um, I, I would slightly favor Page in that one. And I kind of hope we see Page in Lima just from a style standpoint. I mean, Daly's obviously exciting too with his stand-up, but just you, you get a guy. Who- this is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply throw kicks like Lima, like Page, that, that's fireworks. I think you really can't go wrong, but if I'm making a pick, I'm going to go Michael Page. Yeah, I, I am too. I think that Page is able to get it done, and he's they're going to fight the kind of fight that each other want, and, and that's important too. I like Bellator's method of putting the fights that they want to put on in the first round. You're not trying to set up fights like that. Also involved in this tournament, McDonald and Fitch, as we mentioned earlier, Neiman Gracie and Ed Ruth, and then Larkin and Amasov. On the other side of things, speaking of the other side of things, no longer does uh, Vanderlei Silva hold an advantage. Quentin Rampage Jackson tied things up two and two. It looked like a couple of dads fighting at the swimming pool, James. (laughs) This was not 2004. That's for damn sure. But Quentin Rampage Jackson finished Vanderlei Silva in the second round. What did you think of this? It was Chuck and Duck. Vanderlei Silva, uh, quite frankly, was running a little bit in the first round. Not not the Vanderlei that we we know and love. He wasn't exactly windmilling punches. He was not in shape. But, I mean, these are two old guys, James. This fight was actually better than I expected it was going to be. I thought we were going to see just a typical, uh, you know, from what we've seen with Rampage lately anyways, is just a typical boring decision. But Rampage still has power. I mean, I got to give him credit here. You know, he was able to land a couple couple times on Vandalay Silva. And Silva just is nowhere close to the fighter he used to be. I, I think that's pretty obvious, um, you know, as far as uh, what we saw in the UFC and Pride as opposed to what we're seeing now. And uh, Rampage still has power. That was the saving grace in this fight. And he ended up getting the finish. This was a good result for Bellator, in my opinion, because I thought that this was going to be pretty boring and it actually was pretty like not not out of my seat exciting but it still held my attention i'm not going to open up another tab type thing on my computer i was interested that's the thing i was interested and that's that was the point of this fight this fight was one of the things as much as i was excited for musashi and mcdonald this was a hell of a complimentary piece to put on this show i've mentioned before i saw a a best of pride pay-per-view on direct tv i think in 2004 
And I saw a guy just power bombing people and body slamming people. And I was a big pro wrestling fan. And on that same, uh, or it was it was Quentin Rampage Jackson. And on that same pay per view, I got I saw Kevin Randleman German suplex Fedor on top of his head, and these two guys doing pro wrestling moves made me a fan of MMA. And I remember before I covered MMA, I flipped out Rampage Jackson winning. The UFC light heavyweight title won, won a bit of money on that from some friends, too, that were on the Chuck Liddell train. And being a Quentin Rampage Jackson fan, before I got into media, which, I mean, to be honest with you, he could, he'd say lots of things that would make you not a fan, but he was almost larger than life for a while. He got into movies. That wasn't good. He was really funny. He was entertaining. He had the entrance. He had the chain and all that stuff. And it's kind of wild to still see him fighting, but make no mistake. Him fighting at this weight is his dream, James. He has always wanted to be like this. He has always wanted to fight just and not do any cardio. This is what Rampage Jackson wants. Yeah, do you remember that story about, uh, I don't know if you heard that on the Joe Rogan uh, podcast uh, ages ago when uh, Mike Dolce was working with Rampage and he was trying to get him down to weight. Rampage wasn't losing any weight and then Dolce went in his bed. This was when they were in the UK and they found all these chocolate bar wrappers in there. So this is this is Rampage just, just getting to eat as much chocolate yeah. as he can. You know, it's it's good. You know, it, the, the fact that he still has knockout power is going to get him fights and get people interested. It's clearly not the Rampage we saw in the UFC, but hey, um, you know, I, I want to see him fight now because this, you know, added Thank a little you. bit of life to him. And what I want to see him fight is people like Vanderlei Silva or other strikers. I don't know what the hell Bellator was thinking, putting him with Chael Sonnen. King Mo again? That was a bad idea. Satoshi Ishii, what that? Why did they think that was going to be a good idea? It wasn't. It was a miserable idea. Uh, I I think we learned that long ago, that if you put Rampage Jackson in there with a grappler, He's got good enough defensive wrestling. Eventually, he's going to get taken down. It's going to be a boring fight. Then he's going to complain about it afterwards. You're going to kill a lot of his buzz. You're going to make him not as exciting because even after after those first two fights he had in Bellator, I mean the Beltron and Impumbu fights, there was a little bit of buzz about him, and that's why they booked the King Mo fight because it seemed like a good, plausible fight. But anybody who knew anything knew that that fight was not going to be good. And that's the fight that they wanted so bad in that tournament final. And they got it. But man, just not the right one. And it's been four, it was four and a half years since Rampage's last finish. He got one tonight. As you mentioned, that power's not going away. And especially with him adding on that extra weight that he wanted so bad, he still got it. So that was a fun watch, despite the, you know, some of it was sad, but it was just, it was fun, man. It was just fun. Main event time, Rory McDonald, who once fought BJ Penn, who has competed at fe- uh, Featherweight, was defeated by Gegard Musashi, who has wins at Heavyweight over Mark Hunt and Gary Goodridge. It was not hard for Gegard Musashi. He employed the jab just perfectly in the first round. Rory had to shoot in in the second round, did not work, got stuffed immediately, turned on his back, Pounded out for the win. Musashi emerges victorious. And that size advantage made a big difference for Musashi, who, as I've mentioned, quite frankly, would be one of the best 205-pound fighters in the world if he wanted to be. 
I agree. And people forget uh, Musasi was supposed to make his UFC debut against Alexander Gustafson. So just think about if Gustafson ever had to fight Rory, how crazy that would be. Um, but yeah, I mean, just this was a dominant performance for Musasi. I'm happy as someone who's, you know, taking off the journalism hat for a second here, someone who's been a fan of Musasi dating back to the dream days. This was great. Um, you know, it was awesome to see him have the spotlight on him, get a main event like this and also shut up the people who were really hard on him for the Shlomenko fight, which I know could have gone either way. But, uh, you know, it's good to see him, uh, you know, thriving in Bellator after the UFC really didn't give him uh you know his fair is a fair shake in my opinion so it's good to see him get this here for rory i see a lot of people on social media right now a lot of doom and gloom saying rory will never be the same all this stuff look rory's been beat up before he lost you know he was basically uh you know two percent level on doom when he fought robbie lawler and he still managed to win the belt or welterweight title so to me i think he'll be back i know he's getting up there in age but um it it certainly screws up the tournament a little bit if if he isn't able to, to fight um but you know, I, I think this was just, it just showed that, look, stay in your lane. Rory's got to stay at welterweight. And for Gegard, uh, he, he's, he is a top middleweight. And I had that tweet out there tonight. A little, a little sad that we're not going to ever see him fight, you know, Robert Whitaker, Calvin Gaslam, Luke Rockhold, Yoel yeah. Romero, guys like that, because he is really one of the top middleweights in the world, if not the top middleweight. And as I mentioned, he, he could compete, has competed as one of the better uh, light heavyweights as well. To be honest with you, when the, the Rumble, I can't remember if it was Rumble and Jones or Rumble and Cormier that fell out. Okay. It should have been Musashi and Rumble, but I think that Rumble probably had it in his head that he was fighting one more time anyway and was like, no, I'm going to wait. Uh, and Musashi very well could have won that fight and been the UFC light heavyweight champion, even if it wasn't for uh, the interim. And I would not be shocked at all to see Musashi move up and fight Ryan Bader in the future after the Bellator heavyweight title situation is all uh, settled, but uh, they've got that ability. They've got some guys that they can put in these super fight situations. And I like that, that Bellator is not hesitant to move up a Rory McDonald. They're not hesitant to move up Chael Sonnen two weight classes or say Rampage, fight at heavyweight, whatever. Uh, Ryan Bader, we don't have the richest light heavyweight division. You move up to heavyweight. So for Musashi, this was a big fight. And for McDonald, it was a big fight. And for Bellator, one of the highest level fights as far as talent in the cage at the same time as things go, as we see McDonald a bit overmatched, but on paper, this fight looked a lot better than it ended up being Uh, McDonald. We talked about how he's in that Bellator welterweight tournament. What's what, what kind of timetable you think we're looking at just from a purely speculatory standpoint? I, I don't know. I mean, the last time he broke his nose, it, he was out for a while. I'm no doctor, clearly. But uh, it's it's one of those things where, you know, maybe they should just scrap him in the tournament and just say, you know what? Fight the winner. Let's not have the belt move around. Change the rules. You might have to do that because I don't think he's going to be in there. And you need him in there because he's the champion right now. So I, maybe they alter the rules. Due to Rory's nose, we have decided that he, whoever wins this tournament will fight him in the end or something. I don't know. But either way, it's going to delay things. Maybe they do it like the Showtime Super Six where it takes like five years to finish the, the tournament, uh, you know, like they did in boxing years ago with the middleweights. Um, you know, one of those things where, where they just delay the, the, the result because they have to wait for Rory to come back. I don't know what they're going to do. That is the only sort of downside of this is we don't know a timetable as to when he's going to come back. But um, to me, this was actually a good situation for Gegard because really it just buys time. He's got two fights of middleweight that I see, and he talked about them tonight. Lovato Jr., which I'm actually very intrigued by, Lovato Jr. undefeated. And you've got the Machida rematch. Assuming Machida beats Carvalho, 
let's hope he does because I don't I, I don't think we need to see another fight against uh, Musasi and Carvalho. It, it went you know very much in Musasi's favor in that one. Um, but that's it. I mean, there's no other middleweights that really stand out as far as uh, competition for his title. Because if I'm Gegard, I get both those fights and then I head up to light heavyweight and possibly heavyweight and then call it a day. Yeah. So so let's break that down a little bit. The Carvalho Machida fight. Whew, I, I tell you what, I don't look forward to seeing any Machida fight. Never, ever. I think Carvalho probably beats him. And Musashi says, I'm not waiting six months to fight Machida. Give me Lovato. Do you think Lovato is is uh, the right the right move? Because obviously Carvalho is the only guy I see above him. Salter's in the mix, but he got beat by Lovato. So it's like, it, I don't think you're going to have him fight the winner of Manhoof and Chidi Injikawani. So Lovato's the only guy that really makes sense to me. And it's an interesting matchup. You look at the majority of Gegard Mousasi's losses in his career, they've been by submission. I know some of them were ages ago. I mean, you look at his very first loss against Petrius Markovicius back in 2005. It was a submission loss. Obviously a much different fighter than what we saw back then. But the point is, is that we don't know how he is on the ground. Jacare, remember he dominated him in the rematch in the UFC. Jacare completely manhandled him and got the submission win there. So, um, you know, it is intriguing. Lovato has made everyone look amateur that's fought him, especially on the ground. Um, So, you know, it's an intriguing matchup. You've got the second, if he's able to get it there, then it, it, you know, could be a totally different story. Now saying that, Look at Gegard tonight stuffing the takedowns. I, I mean, people were still talking about this heading into this fight. Oh, can he stop the takedown? Because the uh, the King Mo fight from like ages ago, you know, he's obviously fixed that. So we'll see. It's an intriguing matchup. I know it's not the sexiest, uh, you know, name matchup that they could put together, but I'm intrigued knowing both fighters very well. If and when we see Gegard Musashi move up to light heavyweight, it's pretty wide open. Yeah, Phil Davis up there. He's a threat to anybody. He really is. Litton Vassell can be, depending on what night it is, he can be very good. Other than that, boy, it, it is wide open. Well, and Vassell actually moved up to heavyweight. He's not in light heavyweight anymore, so you can take him out of the equation. Uh, he, he announced that I think like a, like a month ago okay. or something. But uh, but Ooh, but it just it, no, but just slim pickings, man. It, it, it is slim pickings. Yeah, I mean, I mean, 205's, uh, you know, barren wasteland, not just in Bellator, but in the UFC as well. It's just one of those divisions that's really taken a downward spiral. So at this point, um, yeah, why not? I think you'll see a couple. I think Carvalho's another guy that might move up too. He cuts a lot of weight to get to 85. We could see him at 205 as well as soon too. I don't know that Bellator right now at this moment has, I think they have maybe 10 light heavyweights. If you count Feijal, who earned a contract last year and never fought. I know. Yeah. Who knows so, what's going on with that? Yeah, they've got, I think they've got Sakara. They've got Phil Davis, Liam McGeary, who is not at his best. They've got Nimkov, uh, Fortune. I don't know if Vanderlei is going yeah. to, I don't think he's going to fight back there again. And they have a couple of guys that nobody knows about. Other than that, man, wide open for Musashi. But I think that Musashi and Phil Davis, Musashi and Ryan Bader are legit fights that you can book at the top of Bellator shows. I would love to see Musashi fight either one of those guys. That would be fantastic. But all things considered, what kind of interest did this Bellator show give you for the service? The zone. 
Uh, to sum up, man, it was good for me up here in Canada. I, I had a, I, I enjoyed it. I didn't have any issues. I saw uh, people saying they had buffering issues. I didn't have any crystal clear stream. That's all I asked for. Look, we don't ask for much these days. You know, when it comes to the apps, just a nice stream quality. I like the ability to go back and forth. You know, I went to the bathroom. I missed one of the, you know, part of one of the fights. So I had to go back and scrub through it. That's all I need. I mean, you know, and DVR stuff would be good too, but Hey, we're just, you know, starting this off, which, which I'm fine with, but I was happy with it. Is this something I'm going to continue to pay for? I don't know. I mean, it's, they don't have all the Bellator cards. It would be good if they just, you know, made a deal where they're like, Hey, we'll, we'll, you can either watch Paramount or you can watch it on here. I'd be fine with that as someone who, you know, doesn't watch a lot of cable. So, uh, you know, we'll see, but, uh, but yeah, as far as doing this for every event, I didn't have to pay anything for this one. Am I going to fork out 20 a month? Eh, am I a big MLB fan? Not so much. Am I a big, you know, football, college football fan or whatever else they stream? Not so much. So yeah. it's really not speaking to to the, to, to my demographic, so to speak. So I believe the next show that they they air is Manhoof and Injikawani, I think. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong, and that's the only fight announced for that. Ugh. First off, right. yeah. one of their Thackerville shows. But then they have McFarlane and Letourneau. That is supported by Neiman Gracie and Ed Ruth. That's a decent fight, tournament fight. Machida and Carvalho, by all means, probably a, a title eliminator, maybe. King Mo and Liam McGeary, a couple familiar names. Former champs. But in the meantime, you have their golden boy, Pitbull. Anybody with the name Pitbull is a golden boy of Bellator. Phil Davis on one show. You've got the Fedor Sonnen show. You've got the Mitrione Bader show. Those are on Paramount. And ultimately, Bellator is owned by Viacom. So, I mean, they got to protect that as well and put on interesting fights there. Do you think that this card, as as high profiles it was not to say it was but for bellator it was do you think this was almost sort of akin to ufc's introductory offer on fox where they they threw dos santos and kane on there and they're like hey here we are but now we see what they put on there yeah i I think they just saw what the ufc was doing with fight pass and they're like we need something to you know counter this and to me this is not as good of a service as fight pass in the sense that you know you get you're getting other sports now i know combate americas is on there um i i heard something today i have to double check this i heard that ksw might be on there too which is interesting but um yeah well then that's awesome that's a great card actually i filled the fill the fries in the main event but um no to me it's like uh it, it has to be more of the same thing like I don't know. I, I, it's great that they have other sports. And if you're, if you're a fan of all sports, that's great. But to me, it's a tough sell with fight pass. All the stuff on there is pretty much fight related. So you're going to have people that are going to, and there's the archive content too, which is great. If you want to go do tape study or whatever, um, you know, that, that's a selling point, but there's, there's none of that on this app. So to me, it's a tough sell with already having to pay for everything else for the UFC and pay-per-views and all that. It's, it, it's tough. So I'd have to reconsider it. Maybe I'll, uh, you know, use another credit card and see if I can get another free month or something. We'll see. Well, guys, a tough sell for you shouldn't be FightfulMMA.com. It is free. Get all your news there. James talks to dozens of fighters a month. He has some great stuff up there. He does the interviews. We write up stories. We uh, run them on YouTube. We run them on FightfulMMA.com. Beautiful stuff. Let the people know about us, most importantly. We are an independent wrestling, MMA, and boxing website. Uh, We cover a lot of boxing. If you all haven't checked that out, we did a Triple G Canelo post show recently. Carlos Toro is one of the best emerging boxing writers in the world, period. If you're trying to keep up with the world of boxing and you can't do it very well, he does a newsletter every other week that is good for hardcore fans or casual fans. It is a great primer 
I love it. I look forward to editing that thing every other week. So check that out as well. We have the FightfulBoxing.com domain as well. But James, tell them where they can follow you on social media. Easiest way, at Lynch on Sports, Twitter, Instagram, whatever you name it. Uh, we got a lot of cool interviews coming up here on Fightful. UFC Moncton, we're already covering that card top to yeah. bottom. We got the main, both fighters in the main event, Volkan Ozdemir, Anthony Smith. Those are going to be up on Fightful. Check those out. Um, we also got Arjun Buller, Sarah Morris, Andre Sukumta, Nasrat, Hack Parat. Lots of interviews coming your way. And then, of course, UFC 229. We have a bunch as well coming up this week. We'll talk about all that on the Fightful MMA podcast this Tuesday, which you guys can watch at 2 p.m. Eastern time. But, uh, yeah, lots of content. Um, covering everything, man. We, we got to get it all. So if you all want to stream the rising show in just moments, you can buy that on fightful.com. We have the full card up there. We will have results after the show. We cover PFL. We got live results of that coming up this week. And don't forget you guys, UFC 229, McGregor, Habib. We're going to break it down. We're going to make predictions. I love it. Breaking down a big, big fight. And we have some good cards coming throughout the end of the year. As I mentioned, Some freak show fights, some good fights. It's going to be a good time. Follow me at Sean Ross app. Follow us at Fightful MMA and Fightful Online. Most importantly, clickety-clack on Fightful.com. Until next time, we're out.